Section 3 of Letters to His Children by Theodore Roosevelt. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Read by Mark Hisson. A Cougar and Lynx Hunt, Keystone Ranch, Colorado, January 14, 1901. Blessed Ted, from the railroad we drove fifty miles to the little frontier town of Meeker. There we were met by the hunter Golf, a fine, quiet, hearty fellow who knows his business thoroughly. Next morning we started on horseback while our luggage went by wagon to Golf's ranch. We started soon after sunrise and made our way hunting as we went across the high, exceedingly rugged hills until sunset. We were hunting cougar and lynx, or as they are called out here, lion and cat. The first cat we put up gave the dogs a two hours chase and got away among some high cliffs. In the afternoon we put up another and had a very good hour's run, the dogs baying until the glens rang again to the echoes as they worked hither and thither through the ravines. We walked our ponies up and down steep rock-strewn and tree-clad slopes where it did not seem possible a horse could climb and on the level places we got one or two smart gallops. At last the lynx went up a tree. Then I saw a really funny sight. Seven hounds had been doing the trailing, while a large brindled bloodhound and two half-breeds between collie and bull stayed behind Golf, running so close to his horse's heels that they continually bumped into them, which he accepted with philosophic composure. Then the dogs proceeded literally to climb the tree, which was a many-forked pinion. One of the half-breeds named Tony got up certainly sixteen feet until the lynx, which looked like a huge and exceedingly malevolent pussycat, made vicious dabs at him. I shot the lynx low so as not to hurt his skin. Yesterday we were in the saddle for ten hours. The dogs ran one lynx down and killed it among the rocks after a vigorous scuffle. It was in a hole, and only two of them could get at it. This morning, soon after starting out, we struck the cold trail of a mountain lion. The hounds puzzled about for nearly two hours, going up and down the great gorges, until we sometimes absolutely lost even the sound of the baying. Then... They struck the fresh trail where the cougar had killed a deer overnight. In half an hour a clamorous yelling told us they had overtaken the quarry, for we had been riding up the slopes and along the crest wherever it was possible for the horses to get footing. As we plunged and scrambled down towards the noise, one of my companions, Phil Stewart, stopped us while he took a kodak of a rabbit which sat unconcernedly right beside our path. Soon we saw the lion in a treetop with two of the dogs so high up among the branches that he was striking at them. He was more afraid of us than of the dogs, and as soon as he saw us he took a great flying leap and was off, the pack close behind. In a few hundred yards they had him up another tree. Here I could have shot him. Tony climbed almost up to him and then fell twenty feet out of the tree but waited for Stuart to get a photo, and he jumped again. This time, after a couple hundred yards, the dogs caught him, and a great fight followed. 
They could have killed him by themselves, but he bit or clawed four of them, and for fear he might kill one I ran in and stabbed him behind the shoulder, thrusting the knife you loaned me right into his heart. I have always wished to kill a cougar as I did this one, with dogs and the knife. Dogs that Climb Trees Keystone Ranch, January 18, 1901 Darling little Ethel, I have had great fun. Most of the trip neither you nor mother nor sister would enjoy, but you would all of you be immensely amused with the dogs. There are eleven all told, but really only eight do very much hunting. These eight are all scarred with the wounds they have received this very week in battling with the cougars and lynxes, and they are always threatening to fight one another. But they are as affectionate toward men, and especially toward me as I pet them, as our own home dogs. At this moment a large hound and a small half-breed bulldog, both of whom were quite badly wounded this morning by a cougar, are shoving their noses into my lap to be petted and humming defiance to one another. They are on excellent terms with the ranch cat and kittens. The three chief fighting dogs who do not follow the trail are the most affectionate of all, and moreover, they climb trees. Yesterday we got a big lynx in the top of a pinion tree, a low-spreading kind of pine, about thirty feet tall. Turk, the bloodhound, followed him up, and after much sprawling, actually got to the very top within a couple of feet of him. Then, when the lynx was shot out of the tree, Turk, after a short scramble, took a header down through the branches, landing with a bounce on his back. Tony, one of the half-breed bulldogs, takes such headers on an average, at least, once for every animal we put up a tree. We have nice little horses which climb the most extraordinary places you can imagine. Get mother to show you some of Gustave Doré's trees. The trees on these mountains look just like them. The pig named Maud, Keystone Ranch, January twenty ninth, nineteen o one. Darling little Ethel, you would be much amused with the animals round the ranch. The most thoroughly independent and self-possessed of them is a large white pig which we have christened Maud. She goes everywhere at her own will. She picks up scraps from the dogs who bay dismally at her, but know they have no right to kill her. And then she eats the green alfalfa hay from the two milch cows who live in the big corral with the horses. One of the dogs has just had a litter of puppies. You would love them, with their little wrinkled noses and squeaky voices. End of section three.